Our Lord speaks to the multitudes from the boat of Simon Peter, the chief who would become the chief of the apostles, the first pope. And he is overcome with awe at this catch of fish, which, as a side note, according to tradition, there were 153 fish, um, 150, kind of prefiguring 153 Hail Marys in the rosary. So that's why we, one of the reasons we don't do the luminous mysteries. We don't recognize those. The truth is that our Lord is commanding his apostles to be not afraid, to set out into the deep, which takes courage. There are two true causes of the great crisis in the world today. And they can be summed up as such, and they kind of go hand in hand. A lack of authentic masculinity and a lack of saints. You can't have saints without authentic masculinity because it is the head of the family, the father, that leads and guides into holiness those under his charge. Just as God the Father sent his son and his son sent the apostles. It is through the family that the father sends his children out. We need to reclaim that sense of authentic manhood, true masculinity. So what does it mean to be authentically masculine? Doesn't mean you got to be macho and you know John Wayne in every bar you walk into. But it means you have to have the mindset and the dedication of a warrior, especially in today's world where we're surrounded by such darkness and confusion. It takes strength, it takes courage, and perseverance. Perseverance is one of the other keys. One of the definitions of basically an emasculated man is one who does not have the endurance to do that which is difficult. They want the easy way out. They shy from challenge. They shy from difficulties. Whereas men were created to do a couple of things. And don't believe the world tells you men and women are different. And you can only be one or the other. A man is to do these things. He is to provide and is to protect. If someone were to try to break into your home, it's the father of the family's job to protect his family at all costs. It's his job to provide for his family at all costs. That's one of the ways you know how a man is being a man. He doesn't cower from a challenge. He doesn't run and hide and let the government take care of his kids. He doesn't shy from doing whatever it takes to lead, guide, inspire, protect, and provide. That's what it means to be a father in the image of God the Father. Not lording it over, but being a strong, constant example. We look around the world and we see a true shortage of this virtue. So one of the things that is troubling to me as a priest is the lack of authentic masculinity 
not just among the laity, but among the clergy even more so. They don't want to ruffle any feathers or upset anyone with the truth. Well, you're failing as a father if you're doing that. It's your duty to provide as a priest. What am I to provide you? The truth and the sacraments. What am I to protect you from? Anything I can as far as the supernatural order, or even in some cases the physical. If someone were to come in that back door to try to harm someone in here, it would be my job to stop them, even at the cost of my own life. But as men, are we standing firm against evil? Are we taking up the, the gifts God has given us and using them properly? One can't help but think that warrior spirit that God created men with has been beaten out of our young people. There are exceptions. There's young men in this very church right now. Married men, young men, who are prime examples of the hope for the future. They get it. They're doing it. You need to be examples to your fellow men, either as married men or young men in school. Use those gifts God has given you to lead and inspire, to preserve from error. It's all throughout Scripture. Ezekiel chapter 33 comes to mind. O son of man, I have appointed thee a watchman on the tower. In other words, protect the people. Correct them. Call them back. That's lacking in our world. How many people have gone to, are on their way to hell or are there now because someone failed to tell them the truth? Starting with priests and bishops. I've got to place the blame squarely on the, sh the shoulders of the clergy first. It's part of the failure of men in the pews is directly responsible because of the failure of the priests. A father that doesn't provide or protect is a deadbeat, not deserving of the title of a father. Look to those folks who stand as watchmen on the tower. Look to those who have that militant spirit, the spirit of a warrior. Because the warrior doesn't fight because he hates what's in front of him. He fights because he loves those who are behind him. The only thing we are allowed to hate is sin. We are encouraged. If we don't hate sin, we're failing. Our, if we are not combating sin, our own and the sin around us, we are failing in our duty. It's easy to just be afraid and not do what we need to do. But then how can we say anything about the world being the state it is? As one of the great popes in the past said, I forgot who it was, all the evils of the world are responsible to lukewarm Catholics, or due to lukewarm Catholics. And that starts with the men. You know, fortunately, in the tradition, there's a lot of men coming to Mass. You go to a Nova Sordo parish, 
and you might see three or four men on a Sunday. Why? Because there is no one challenging them to be men. The priests are limp-wristed, linguine-spined cowards who have no faith, no trust in God, and are unable to function as a priest. The few masculine priests out there are the ones who are being persecuted. Look at people like Father Altman and the countless others whose names we will never know who have stood firm. But for the fathers of families, pater familias, those who are present and those who will hear this, are you standing against evil to prevent it from entering your home? Are you standing against it in your workplace or wherever you go? Are you willing to do combat, sometimes physically, with the world, the flesh, and the devil? Are you willing to stand, using the analogy, like Gandalf on the bridge of Khazad-dûm before the Belrog, the demon of the ancient world, and slamming, slamming your pastoral staff as a father, saying, you shall not pass, not pass the doors to my home. You shall not harm my family. You shall not enter the doors to my heart, my home, my workplace, anything. They're willing to literally go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the devil himself. Because that's what a father does. Sometimes, literally. There's a saint I just heard of yesterday. It's an incredible story. But again, it goes with exactly what we're talking about today. And remember the words of our Lord. No timene, do not be afraid. Because often when we get tempted, there's a little bit of fear. And by the way, personal opinion, this part is not church talk, this is my opinion. What we experience sometimes when encountering the devil, it's not really fear. He's so foul, so foreign, so ugly, that the soul cringes in its presence, its spiritual revulsion. We should be revolted by what is happening in the world and in the church. But again, this is the kind of saint we are called to imitate. Because we should, like this saint, have a holy hatred in a furious fight against the devil. We should strive to attain this holy wrath. When Satan approaches, we should be filled with anger and hatred. Why? Because he's the declared enemy of God and our souls. He wishes us every form of evil. Thus, when we're tempted, we should react with militant action, just like St. Michael the Archangel. But there was once a friar named St. Lutfridus, and he was called from his cell one day by another friar because the devil was appearing in his chapel. Recognizing his old enemy, the saint ran to the chapel, made the sign of the cross over the doors and windows, which then closed, blocking all the exits. 
wisely captured the devil first so he couldn't get away. Advancing toward the devil, the saint furiously beat him. The devil wanted to flee, but all the exits were blocked against him. Normally he could have instantly left the body he had taken up, but apparently God did not give him permission to do so. God wanted to humiliate him further under St. Lufridus' blows. What a splendid scene. Yeah, can you just imagine yeah. coming in here just whipping, whipping the tar of the devil? And this is an old man. It's not a young man at all. And this beating was given physically and felt spiritually, all under the sign of the cross. Just as wicked souls are burned by hell's material fire, so too the devil's spirit was made to feel the saint's blows. Lusfridus beat the body that was merely a doll of the devil. Naturally, this humiliated the devil and tormented him greatly. We can do this too. It's particularly excellent when Satan provokes an attack then the counterattack we give back gives glory to Our Lady and Our Lord by showing their children's hatred of the devil is greater than his hatred for us. God ultimately obliged the devil to flee by way of the belfry so, <laughs> so that he would feel his defeat more sensibly. The devil was forced to flee by way of the tower under the continued blows of St. Lufridus. Wouldn't you have loved to have seen this? We can imagine the scene. St. Lufridus is an old man, white hair and a white beard, but still fit and with his fiery chestnut eyes. Very strong and beats the devil with utter hatred, yet remains perfectly serene. All the while, the devil's doll, moaning and writhing, retreats from sight by way of a belfry. Since we only fight our struggles as far as our anger propels us, just wrath is important. We should strive to develop a holy wrath against the devil that is always vigilant and never sleeps, because our enemy never sleeps. This is a prime example, men of what we need to be, of what kind of battle we are fighting. Don't believe what the world tells you that anger is always wrong. And when they say, what would Jesus do? Remember that flipping tables and whipping people at the court is sometimes a viable option. <laughs> Our Lord commands the men to take care of the family. Go back to the Garden of Eden. Eve ate the apple, nothing happened. When until Adam did it, all hell broke loose, literally and figuratively. It is the man that bears responsibility. It is he who is to be the warrior and guardian, the protector. And woe to any man who does not fulfill this task. The damage done by faithless men is incalculable. The only way to calculate, calculate it would be to know how many souls are in hell. But one way we can see kind of an estimate 
is anyone who has ever done any prison ministry can tell you that the vast majority of the men who are in prisons are there because they did not have, they came from a home without a father. They didn't have that positive male influence. But it gets even worse in a way when it comes to the failure of the clergy. And I'm ashamed to say it. But when we see what's been happening in our church the last several years where it's become more and more obvious, where we have James Martin going around preaching sin is okay, that a sin that cries out to heaven is okay, and the bishops are okay with it, inviting him to speak in their diocese. But we have 67, 68 bishops who don't want to even talk about denying communion to pro-abortion politicians. Why? All about that green lettuce of salvation, the almighty dollar. That's why they closed the churches, too. They made more money from Uncle Sam than they would have collecting their 12.5%. They do not preach the fullness of the truth. The last year and a half, maybe more, I've it all kind of flies together. Churches closed. No sacraments available. No babies were being baptized. No confessions were being heard. Eucharist was not being received. Last rites were denied to people who were dying. Again, emasculated clergy. Faithless clergy. Cowardly clergy. They failed their flocks and there will be hell to pay for them. That's why it's so important we look at the good holy saints like St. Joseph like St. Athanasius like so many others that you all know and love so well that did combat with the world, the flesh, and the devil be they clergy, be they religious be they married folks whatever the case may be Widows, widowers, you name it. There are saints of every walk of life. But it takes heroic virtue. And to be an authentic man in today's world takes heroic virtue. It takes courage, dedication, and strength. God the Father will provide if we ask Him and trust in Him. If we ask the saints who went before us for their intercession, they will help us. Be not afraid, but men be men. Authentically masculine. And ladies, let the men be men. You're not doing yourselves, your families, your children, society, the church, the world, any favors by trying to make them more like women. Women have a special role, special gifts of their own. Be authentically feminine, like our Blessed Mother, like so many of the other great women saints. Again, religious, married, widowed, single, you name it. But in this Father's Day, may we call upon God the Father, call upon St. Joseph, that God the Father may bless, encourage, and strengthen the men in our lives.
and that St. Joseph may teach us to be imitators of him, to provide no matter what the difficulty, to protect no matter what the difficulty, and Saint, like St. Saint Lufridus, if necessary, beat the ever-living snot out of the devil.